Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome, News Talk 1130 WISM. It is time for the Retirement Clinic from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Your host today, Marie McFarlane. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Paul. It's host singular. Yes, singular host today. Solo act for you. Very solo. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. That means you get to talk as much as you want. <laughs> Hopefully everybody's ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody better be listening and paying attention. Yeah. Marie, I should ask you this. It's a big deal. You are a certified financial planner. Yes. A CFP. Yeah. Now, when you hear people talk about, well, I'm a financial advisor, I'm this, it doesn't necessarily mean they're a CFP. Correct. The CFP, uh, it has um, you held to higher standards. So I report to the CFP board for ethics and the fiduciary standard and lots of classes and exams for that certification. So, yes, the CFP is a higher designation. That you passed. That I did pass, yes. <laughs> it's been so, a while. It was co- the year of COVID. So, it was. Yeah. 2020. Correct. F- yeah. What a great year to study. You know, but aren't the years just jumbled together? They are. Really 2020, are. let's see, that's when COVID began. 21, now it's 23. Things seem back to normal. Are they back to normal in the markets? Well, we're going to get to that. Yes. We're going to get to your retirement plan. Marie, at the very beginning of the show, we start with the elevator speech. It's what you guys do best. It's your niche, and that is retirement planning. Yes, that's our niche. So we work with clients best that have 750,000 assets or more and who are close to or in retirement. So I think that's the main um, key, right? Retirement planning is what we do. It's pretty much all we do. Um, So it's a huge Huge thing for our team. It's also uh, part of what you hear Monday through Friday, twice a day during the Mark Belling Show, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. news blocks, the market updates done by you and a cast of many other talent. Lots of us, yes. <laughs> Lots of you, starting with Jeff Kowal all the way down. We're going to hear from Aaron Kowal today with the Business Owner Savings and Security segment. We call it the BOSS segment. That's your acronym. We'll get to all of that. Hey, we got some exciting news. We're skipping today the sexy segment. Yes, we are. We're doing something a little different. Precedent setting because we've never skipped that. (laughs) Uh, Jeff started it as a way of just having fun with the name. It's about wealth management and preservation. You've got a different twist today, Marie. Yes. So today my segment's going to be targeting, I'll call it the next generation for financial advice, but it kind of actually ties into um, our listeners too. So our listeners who maybe have created quite a bit of wealth and are thinking of, okay, how how will my things be passed on? What do I need to be thinking about? So it's kind of tying the two together. And everybody should be thinking about a retirement plan if you're age 23, starting your first job out of college, Marie, 43, 53, 63, you need to be thinking about a retirement plan. Uh, we'll give out some information on your uh, you know, locations. TheKowalWay.com, great website. It starts there, a lot of information. TheKowalWay.com. You're located, Marie, in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, and your newest address it's is Heartland. Heartland. Yes. It's a beautiful location. It's an awesome location. The Heartland Town community is so cute. It's just a cute little community. You know, so is Port Washington. It is. And you got an office up there with Lake Michigan views. And uh, I should say the headquarters are in Waukesha. Biggest office, I guess. Where do you work out of typically? Usually I'm in the Waukesha office, but I'll go to any of the offices where 
I have client meetings. So, Marie, it's the first show of March. Yes. It's the first show of March for the Retirement Clinic. Did you know, I'm talking to our listeners, Marie, because you know all about this topic. March is Women's History Month. I did know. Thank goodness I knew because I'm going to be talking about it. <laughs> Women's History Month. Okay. Well, first off, you've got facts about this. You've got uh, you content that kind of surrounds this topic. But I'll let you start the conversation. Yeah. So actually, as I was preparing for this segment, so talking about um, women in finance, um, I came on to my news feed, um, this article through Forbes, and the topic or the title said, Women's Financial Health Hits Five-Year Low. Um, and so this was written by Kim L. Seltzer with Forbes. And that caught my, that piqued my interest because, first of all, it's concerning. And second of all, it ties into why we're talking about Women's History Month and women in finance. But the title is Women's Financial Health, not yep. men's or not America's, not, but women's. Correct. Right. Women's financial health hits a five year low. So the article goes through and discusses that women right now um, are not feeling comfortable with their current financial situation. And they surveyed and 59 percent of women who were surveyed report worrying about their finances at least once a week. And a whopping 43 percent of women actively worry about money at least once a day. Now, that's pretty substantial. Um, and when they compared it to their male, male counterparts, it was almost double what males were reporting on a worry worrisome basis. And I found that interesting. Um, if it makes you feel better, I do worry about it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody it's does. How yes. much and does it occupy you where you can't sleep Correct. And the, the reasons why they gave women were tend to worry about um, inflation and, you know, the rising cost and their pay, the gap stills in the pay. So they're not getting pay raises as robust as the men are. And so it gives really good reasons on why they're feeling this pressure. But it does share in the um, article as well that men are likely more likely actually to worry about the stock market volatility and crypto volatility. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting, whereas women are more likely to worry about the economic side of it, men are more worried about the investment side of it. Interesting. Um, and so it also shared that um, when women, like one of the big reasons, I guess you could say, on why they worry more as inflation ticks up is they tend to have greater responsibility for the household duties. And so 77% of women rank inflation as their top financial concern right now, and it's directly affecting their day-to-day -day lives. And I'm not saying or suggesting that it's not affecting men's daily lives, but right. most women, so 58% of women say their cost of living has increased, but their salary hasn't. And so that you know, charges things, right? That charges the worry. That's and problematic, right? Everything's going up. Gasoline, eggs, inflation has affected everything. Has our, our salaries are not keeping pace with that, though. Yeah. Well, right? some are. And, well, some aren't. Some and aren't. some aren't. Yeah. And so in this situation, it's just sharing that most women bear, like I mentioned before, the larger proportion of household duties, which tends to be grocery shopping. <laughs> and so when oh, they I go grocery some shopping, I say right now. <laughs> first off, you're right; it's true. 
Except in my situation, I do not do That's not the case. <laughs> now, well, when we say this, it's a generalization. Yeah. Not definitely every woman a generalization. is in charge of the finances, but overall speaking across the board. Yeah. So overall speaking, most of the time, women bear the larger mm-hmm. um, responsibility to do the grocery shopping. And so then it kind of makes sense, right? So if I'm the one responsible to do the grocery shopping, I have this budget that I've been using for grocery shopping, and now that budget is being stretched. And so I tend to stress out more about about this dollar because I have to make sure it stretches further in this face of inflation. So it makes sense from their perspective, you know, if that is the task that you're taking on, whoever is running that task in the household, of course you're going to stress about it more because yeah. it's in your daily life. Sounds like or, you know, if you run the books for a company, a small mom and pop, you see what's coming in, you see what's going out. You're the one that knows about it. Yes. Uh, you're not, you maybe if that's your job, you're going to be the one stressing about Correct. it. Correct. Yep, because you're the one that has to make the adjustments to accommodate it. Um, it also talked about generations. So different generations of women are stressing about different things. So those um, older generations, so the baby boomers, um, Gen Xer, they're stressing more about inflation and income and things like that, where the younger generations more the stress right now is childcare, housing prices, et cetera, et cetera, right? What they're experiencing today. Um, It was also interesting that the survey found that men were 30% more, um, they were were feeling 30% more likely to feel ready for a recession than women. So women, it was about 14% of women feel financially ready for a recession. I thought that was astounding. Maybe it just means women worry more. Well, that probably could be the case. <laughs> I just grabbed that out of thin air. I have no idea. We tend not to compartmentalize, so you're that, right. Like, that is true. Yeah. Um, that is true. But the reason that this gave is that nearly 70% of women say they've never met with a financial advisor. Ooh, that's high. Yes. And men, 41% of them have never met with a financial advisor. So if I flip it, that tells me 30% of women have sat down with a financial advisor. March is Women's History Month. I'm going to generalize again. Going back in history, back to, I don't know, starting in the 40s, let's say after World War II, and throughout the decades, 50s, 60s, 70s, it just seems to me like uh, who... This is going to sound sexist, but who did most of the household chores? Who takes care of the children? Who cleans? Who does laundry? It's women. Yeah. And and that's not the case, I don't think, today, nearly what it was like 40 years ago. Yeah. It's I, more I think of a everybody partner. would agree with that. It's, yeah. it's factual. Agreed. So, so there's a lot of stress. Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, I'll just look at our house. I will say this. Dawn did most of the, you know, I was going work and Dawn did not work for a few years, raised two kids, then she got a job and that's a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, they get sick. She's the one that's got to take them to the doctor. Yeah. I'm over here at WISN. Yes. <laughs> and you, and she's the one that has to figure out, okay, financially, how am I going to make this work too, most yeah. likely from a day-to-day and, basis. And there's households, when you start out, Maria, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Or you start using credit, which is a bad, bad rabbit hole to go down, right? Agreed. Yes. Yeah, you want to pay off those credit cards if you can. Especially 
Yes, with those interest rates. Oh, gosh. <laughs> They'll eat you alive. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And this just kind of plays into what I'll get to. So my topic coming up is five reasons why women need to be involved in financial yep. planning. And this is a perfect example. So nearly 70% of women haven't met with a financial advisor. I can almost guarantee it that if you meet with an advisor, you're going to have a sense of competence. It's going to take a little less stress off the table. I can't say it will take it all away, but a little less stress because you, you'll feel financially prepared. You've got somebody else on your side working for you. Yes. Yep. Uh, as opposed to just kind of drifting and guessing. Now, if you're good with numbers, you feel confident. Some people do their own planning, retirement planning. Uh, I, I, you know, just personally speaking, I don't know what I'm doing, Marie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got a 401k plan, right? I look at it. Yeah, that's about the extent of it. Yeah. And most so, people are like that. Exactly. Um, that's not really bad. It's it's not what I do. It's not, I don't have a degree in finance like you. Yes. And most people, I would say, I think the biggest thing, especially like last year and so far this year, is outsourcing that stress. Like calling yeah. me yeah. and saying, I'm concerned and here's why I'm concerned. And then I can walk you through, okay, here's why... Yeah, it's concerning, but you have a plan, and we figured this out, and we've planned for it, and here's why you don't need to stress. I'll don't take the stress. Don't we outsource everything else? My my car is fixed by a, a professional mechanic. I go to a doctor for health reasons, right? Yes. If I need remodeling or electrical work, I hire the right contractor. Why wouldn't you outsource your finances? One of the most important things in your life. Yes. I, I would say health might be up there, because without health, what do you got, right? Yeah, nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, so we need health. After that, yeah, financial. What what what's your future look like? Yes, I agree. Oh, this one other um, thing. So women, you know, I kind of been bashing women a little. Uh, they <laughs> haven't met with advisors. So my big takeaway is, you know, meet with your advisor, meet with me, have a financial plan. But it did share that um, over the last ten years, performance. So this was from a Fidelity. Um, Overview, so they analyzed more than 5 million Fidelity customers' performance over the last 10 years, and they found that on average, women outperformed their male counterparts by 0.4%, which is a pretty big deal. And they found that fewer women than men stopped contributing to their investment during current market volatility, which means more good news for women, right? Because they kept putting money in. Wait, let's... Back up Break a little bit. Break that down. Yeah, yeah that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, let's outperform men at 0.4% in what area? In their investments. So in oh. their investment accounts, they, they did, outperformed. They did better than men. Because what they found is men tend to stop. They're more likely to stop contributing to their investment accounts when there's market volatility. Are we still in a bear market? Yes. Okay, so things have not been as rosy as they were for, you know, you go back to 2020 at the beginning of COVID, right? Everything was... Very rosy. Very rosy. Until Very it much wasn't. a bull market. Yes. And then it wasn't. And it was and abrupt. Now, and, then, and then COVID, lockdowns, all the mandates, you know, school shut down. I mean, every, I don't have to go over this for everybody. We just lived through it. Uh, but that changed. That turned people's lives upside down. Yes. Then you start looking at your 401k and thinking, oh my gosh, I, I was close to retirement. Now I might have to work longer. Yeah. I think what was more impactful is last year. Because 2020, it was a five-month recovery time and you were back to where you were. And so it was a blink of an eye, truly, when you look at it from an investment standpoint. Yep. And so it's hard to remember those situations when they were very, very short term. 
So what happened recently, like last year, what's there's been lots of volatility so far this year. Well, in March in February, so last month. It's only two months in, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I think we have recency bias, right? We think of what was most recent, and COVID yeah. was so short that most people don't even think of that bear market. They think of 2007 to 2009, which was a lot more impactful from a recession economic, too, right? And, yeah, we had we had the recession. You made a really good point, and when you think about back to, it seems like it was years ago, but it was just three years ago when COVID hit. And the markets just took a hit. But we regained all of that in a very short amount of time. Very short amount of time. And now we're kind of limping along, it seems. Yes. I'm talking about overall economics, right? If you've got a 401k, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. You're probably checking it like I am, and you're saying, okay, we've got to catch up a little bit. Yeah. And we have, we do have to catch up, but I think what we also tend to forget is when you look at the bigger picture, so... I can't give exact percentages, but let's say from October to through February, most portfolios are going to be up eight, nine, ten percent. But yeah. you don't realize it because all of the negative noise, right, and all of the red—that's all you remember—is okay. But it dropped two percent yesterday, right? Like you just think of yeah. the bad, bad, bad. But it, there actually has been some glimmer inside of I like the bad your optimism. And you had a—you <laughs> coined a great term: uh, negative noise. Yes. Turn off the news. Yes. Take. I, a I'm break. not saying put your head in the sand and ignore life. You can't. But it's almost too much at yeah. times. And it's always the bad stuff being tossed, right? I learned long ago in newsrooms across America this term. If it bleeds, it leads. Oh. Start out with the, the worst story there is to grab people's attention. It should be the first story. If it bleeds, it leads. I've been around newsrooms for 32 wow. years, Marie. This is what people think. They want ratings. They want viewers. They want listeners. Yeah, Readers, if you're a newspaper, right? If it bleeds, it leads. Kind of remember that. Yeah. How if often does a news report on good stories? That's so true. Which, Paul, I, I just fell for that. I mean, this article about women's <laughs> financial health has five-year low. That got me. You see? <laughs> That's a negative. Yeah, that it, got me. <laughs> it does work. It certainly does. Hey, and before I forget, you have a blog up on the website yes. about all of this, com. Check it out. Yeah. Can I give a couple... Oh, yes. Okay. So I'm not going to give the whole thing, but I did want to share a few um, bits and pieces of it. So the title is Five Reasons Women Need to Be Involved in Financial Planning. Like Paul had mentioned, check it out on our website, thekowalway.com. So what we're doing this month is trying to take a moment to reflect on some of the milestones women have had in finance and then most importantly, why women should be involved in financial planning. Um, And this is like a little bit of history, but Victoria Woodhull is known as Wall Street's first female broker. She and her sister, Tennessee, opened Wall Street's first woman-owned brokerage in 1870. That was a... That was astounding to She's me. She's a trailblazer. <laughs> yeah. That seems so long ago. And 1870, uh, the society was much different. Yeah, so much different. Yeah. So she, her and her sisters serviced about 4,000 visitors on their first name day and were nicknamed the Queens of Finance. Um, also a little tidbit of history, she was the first female to run for presidency in 1872. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so it was interesting. But you'll find more no, She didn't win, for the record. No, she did <laughs> <laughs> But she ran, and she probably made a point. Yes, probably yeah. made a huge point. Yeah. Um, another one that I found interesting was Louise Weiser. In 1875, she was the first woman to be named president of American Bank. 
Um, and this one was cool too. In 1967, Muriel Siebert became the first woman to have a seat on the New York Stock Exchange among 1,300 men. The first female ever? Yeah. On New York Stock Exchange. That's, With 1,300 male that's, counterparts. That's incredible if you think yeah, about it. it is pretty incredible. And now look at where we are today. Yeah. Uh, there's many women in power yes. on Wall Street. As, CEOs. As, yeah. yeah. My goodness. It's pretty powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, it so, is, by the way, National Women's History, History Month. Month. Yes. March. Big time to celebrate. If you're just joining us, that's why the focus on all of this. <laughs> um, so, a According to a recent study, 85% of women manage the everyday expenses, so kind of like how we chatted about before, and but they only take, only 23% of them take the lead when it comes to the long-term financial planning. But 85% do all the work. Yeah, do the day-to-day work, right? Like yeah. the budget, pay the bills. Balancing the checkbook. Yes. If people do that still. I don't know. Don't, you're looking at the wrong guy. Everything's on the computer. Yeah. You're right. Um, An actual checkbook with a register? Yeah. I think I those are like, those days are numbered. I see a few of them at the grocery store yep. sometimes. You know what it's, it's like? So it's cute. like the guys with the date timers, the old yeah. planning calendar. <laughs> Everything's on my phone, Maria. Yeah. I have transitioned to the phone just fine. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I would be lost without it. So. Oh, no kidding. Um, but like I mentioned before, many women leave the financial planning up to their husbands. And we have to stress that's not much of a plan. And there's reasons why. So like I mentioned before, go to our blog, check it out. A couple of the reasons to start. Um, one is understanding your goals. There's lots and lots of um, surveys and analysis to show once you have a plan and you've been involved in that plan, mm-hmm. you're more likely to meet your financial plan or your objectives. Yep. Um, so it's very does it help to, Without sounding corny, to write things down. It does. It does You help. see it in black and white. Yes. I see, as you're talking, I write stuff down. That's just how I do radio shows. You said 85% of women run the day-to-day. Yeah. Uh, I wrote that down. You'll it, remember when, it. When you yeah. see it, it sinks in. Yes. It's why you take notes in college at a lecture hall. Because yeah. when you write, you consume it, and you read it again. That's your second time. Now it starts sinking in. Yes. Oh, it's kind of funny. So Jeff and I were just, Jeff Kowal, and I were just going through um, goals that he had written down five years ago. And so it was so cool to see. like Goals for you or for No, him? for him. Like his own personal, because we were going wow. through what you know mine are too. And so it was kind of cool to see like reflect back and be able to look on something that you wrote five look, years ago. Look at what Jeff did with the Kowal Investment Group, right? Yeah. Growth over the years. We talk about all these locations you have. Uh, advisors. All yeah. the advisors you've added. Uh, so uh, as a very smart businessman, you've got to have goals. Yeah, and he writes them down. And he, so I write I think, mine down too. I never knew that about Jeff. <laughs> Very organized so, guy. So I came home one time and I was like, Josh, we're writing down all of our goals. And yeah. so we did. And it yeah. was, so I think, again, going back to that, understanding your goals, have them written down, have a plan, knowing that that's all going to change along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, being prepared. So the future is unpredictable. I could tell you lots of stories where client situations, you know, somebody retires and suddenly passes and it's up to the female, right? The woman now to manage the plan moving forward. And if you haven't been involved along the way, that can be extremely daunting task on top of mourning, right? So I think... Yeah, the time, the grief is right then. You don't want to be worried about the finance. 
And that just goes to show that both husband and wife or whatever the case is, your partner should be there yeah. for all of these financial meetings. I'm sure you stress this to your clients. Yes, I do stress. And I try to make it um, as fun as possible and um, as, uh, what's the word? Like, not over the head, right? Like, try and talk in general terms, yeah. not in the language that I use every well, single day. Let's just say, hypothetically... Mr. Husband has been going to all the meetings for 25 years, and his wife hasn't attended one. She's that first meeting. It's going to be a whole, like you said, overwhelming. What is? What are they talking about? <laughs> it's very overwhelming. But then the second time you go and you sit down, and discuss it, talk to an advisor. It does help to have that advisor. Yes, it does. It really does. And I work with lots of single females um, for whatever. The reason being, right. right? And so it's definitely important to have that relationship. And like I mentioned before, outsource that stress. Um, risk aversion is a big reason, too. So as I mentioned before, women invest 40% less than men. And they tend to stick with their plans. So like I mentioned before, right? They kept putting it in, even though the market was volatile. But they're less likely to start investing on their own, just from the fear of the unknown and fear of incurring losses. Um, but they're not as impulsive as men tend to be. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. So, um, so those are a few pointers. Check out the blog for the rest. Um, and Which is on the website, right? Correct. Yep, on the website, thecowallway.com. Um, and keep an eye out on our Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter as well. Yeah, uh, the Cowall Investment Group all over social media, but it kind of starts with the website. You can also call their office at 262-522-4040, the number we give out every Saturday on the Retirement Clinic. Marie McFarland hosting the show, the first show of March. March is Women's History Month. After the break, Aaron Kowal's new boss segment will highlight milestones of women in business, Marie, and female small business owners. That's yeah. going to be a good one. That's going to be a really interesting one. Usually the, it's only a minute or two long. It's coming up after this break. So stay tuned for that with Aaron Kowal. Then Marie and I will get back to a kind of a twist in the show today. No sexy segment. Talking about the next generation. Yes. Uh, so all of that is ahead of us. Marie, to reach out again with any questions, we send them to your office, 262-522-4040, or thekowalway.com. And this blog we're talking about is on that web. We'll be back. News Talk 1130 WISN. In the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner's savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. In honor of Women's History Month, I'm going to shine the light on some of the milestones and statistics around female business owners. In the early 1900s, set the stage for female entrepreneurs. Women like Elizabeth Arden, Coco Chanel, Madam C.J. Walker, and Olive Ann Beach paved the way by establishing their own brands. Many may recall World War II as the beginning of women in the workforce as the number of women working during that time rose by 10%. And while it was not the beginning of female entrepreneurship, some did find noteworthy success following the war. By the 1960s and 70s, more women began businesses. In 1963, Mary Kay Ash founded her beauty brand, now known as Mary Kay Cosmetics. In 1988, Congress passed the Women's Business Ownership Act. This eliminated outdated laws that required a husband's signature on business documents and bank lending discrimination. 
Today, women account for 43% of U.S. business owners. That is 13 million women-owned businesses in the U.S. Women in business have come a long way since the 1900s, and we at Coal Investment Group want to see continued success for all. If you need retirement and succession planning advice for you and your business, we are here. Give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Back with the Retirement Clinic every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock with the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialist, Marie McFarland, Certified Financial Planner. And also, Marie noted at the beginning of the show, the first show of March, it is Women's History Month. How many people knew that, you think? Probably not a lot. <laughs> now they all do. Yeah. We are We're ma- getting the word out. Massive listening audience of WISN. <laughs> Women's History Month. You give out a lot of good stuff, a lot of facts, some neat trivial stuff, but also stuff that makes you pause and think. There's a blog, and it's on the website, thekowalway.com. Coming up soon will be the next-gen segment, replacing today's sexy segment. We just heard from Aaron Kowal with thoughts on women in the workplace and what's all changed over, think of how far this yes. country, the world has really come. Not all countries. you know. And I mean, some are going backwards. Some are going backwards. Yeah. If you go to the Middle East, it's not like here. No, unfortunately. So we do have freedom. So we've got great opportunities in this country. Uh, not to switch gears entirely, but we are. Taxes, Marie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk taxes. <laughs> Women and taxes, they go together. <laughs> I don't have any stats to say who right, does the tax right. planning. I don't. <laughs> uh, you don't need them. <laughs> but I did want to go through um, just taxes in general because we're here in March and you're looking at third quarter, not third quarter, first quarter. Mm-hmm is almost complete and you're starting to file for your taxes so it's a really fun time Um, and so I just wanted to go through the different types of income and retirement and how they're taxed because I do get questions and misconceptions quite often Um, and so I went through the first four are the most common that people ask Um, but just a refresh so pensions if you have a pension and you're collecting income from the pension and there's been no after-tax contributions, then the pension payment is fully taxable at ordinary income tax rates. Okay. Um, so that's- And pensions are still around, Marie. They are, yes. I have quite a few clients that have pensions, um, but I would say the next generation, mm-hmm. minimal pensions. Correct. Usually we get involved in our 401k plan. Yes, it's on you. If you're you. self-employed, you've got to do something else, right? Correct. Yep. So pensions, it's a misconception. Um, I find often clients will ask, well, that's not taxed. And I'm like, actually, it's fully taxable. Yeah. You've never paid tax on that money. And so now just, they want their tax money. Just assume if Uncle yeah. Sam wants their... Yeah. Everything is taxed, right? Yes. Yeah, our income Sometimes, is taxed. Everything is taxed. Yes. Social Security is taxed. But yes. That's another misconception. Um, but annuities. So annuities, I get that question often, too. Um, there's two different kinds of annuities. Qual- well, there's lots of different kinds of annuities, but from a tax perspective, there's two kinds. One's a qualified annuity, so that means you used money to purchase the annuity with pre-tax funds, so let's say like an IRA. Um, Again, all income from this type of annuity would be taxable at ordinary income tax rates. Mm. If it was a Roth IRA, that looks different because that's after-tax money. 
um, and would not be taxable at ordinary income rates. Uh, uh, just to be clear on that, we are paying taxes when the money goes in, right? Nope. You nope. pay money. So just like a 401k oh, or I'm an sorry. IRA. Yep. What, what am I thinking of when we pay the tax when it, when Roth. it goes in? Roth IRA. That's the Roth IRA. Yeah. So the annuities are different. Like annuity, you pay money for an annuity contract. And if you utilize IRA money, you've never paid tax on that money. And so you won't pay it until you start taking income from that annuity contract. Can you tell I'm confused about annuities? I've They've always confused me, Marie. A lot of people have I, I mean, I really don't know what they are. What is an annuity? Tell yeah. me what they are. <laughs> so there's lots of different types, and, and they can get really complex. Remember how we said over, talking over my head? Yeah. So in layman's terms for Paul. Essentially what I would say is you have a, a annuity company, so typically it's an insurance company, and you say, I'm going to give you a lump sum of money, and in return, you're going to guarantee me income for my life or my life and somebody else's Guaranteed. life. Guaranteed. Yes. Okay. So usually they'll come with like an income rider or there's lots of different annuities besides that. They it, can it's be, a product we're buying. Correct. A it's a product. Okay. It's a product. And it's not a product that's appropriate for everybody. Correct. Um, yeah, that I know. I mean, so... And again, I don't think I'm alone. I think there's a lot of misunderstandings. There's a lot of misunderstandings. And because there's so many nuances to them, um, and each insurance company or annuity company that has annuities, they can have all different types of products. Um, But they are taxed. Yes, if they're qualified. If they're qualified, they're taxed. Non-qualified annuities, so this is an annuity contract you purchased with after-tax money. So you took, let's say, 100000 out of your bank account and then went and purchased this annuity that's after-tax. You already paid tax on that 100000 So when you take income from that annuity, a portion of your payment would represent your principal, which is tax-free. So some of it represents that 100000 that you put in, and some would represent the gains that are in there which would be tax because you haven't paid tax on that. Um, So to give you an example, if I purchase an annuity for $100,000, a non-qualified annuity, so after-tax annuity, um, and it's now worth $150,000, let's say five years later, only the $50,000 would be taxable. The annuity company will tell you what portion is and isn't taxable, but that's kind of the easiest terms to understand it. Um, that was simple enough for me to understand. Okay, good. <laughs> it, I, why do you want to work with a financial advisor? I think we just illustrated why. <laughs> it gets more complex than that. There's like a calculation oh, we're just that touching you're touching the surface, yeah. right? Yeah. But that's the ge- general terms. Got it. Um, dividends. So I get a lot of questions about dividends from stock positions, and there can be two. Qua- two kinds, qualified and non-qualified. Qualified, which means from a tax perspective, that's taxed at long-term capital gains rates. Non-qualified means dividends are taxed at ordinary income tax rates. And um, ordinary income tax rates are typically going to be a lot higher than long-term capital tax rates. So, you know, you need to know all of these all of the income that you have coming in, again, why you should be working with us is to find out what does my income distribution plan look like in retirement? What does my tax situation look like? Am I going to be in a lower tax bracket or a higher tax bracket from where you are today? Um, and-, and, and taxes are something that's so critical. And not knowing how tax laws change annually, almost every, there's always changes. Really. Yes. To keep on top of that, how else would you know unless your advisor tells Correct. you? Correct. Yep. Well, either that or you might just be missing out on a lot of opportunity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
Another great one that people ask are the interest-bearing accounts, which never really mattered before because your savings account wasn't making much. But now, CDs and savings, you can kind of... Four or five? Yeah, you can kind of four and a quarter I've seen recently. I mean, CDs I used to laugh at. Why would anybody buy a CD (laughs) at 0.1% interest? Now they're they're quite a bit higher, right? Yeah, so this makes a good point because we may have forgotten what that means, but all interest payments on these are taxed at ordinary income tax rates. So that's a pretty big deal. So if you have a CD and it pays 5%, you invest 100000 that $5,000 you earn will be interest and it's paid at ordinary income tax rates and it's taxable the year that you receive it. Ah, good stuff. Um, I fun stuff, right? Yes, it's fun <laughs> stuff. Wait till next segment because you've got next generation. Uh, I, we're up against the clock a little bit, Marie. We got to br- take a break, but I want you to finish this and then tell us a little bit about your new sexy segment. Okay, I'll finish. Which is this not up. the sexy segment today. We'll explain. Yes, home sales. Remember, there could be a potential you owe tax on home sales. Um, it's above a certain amount, so you can exclude two hundred fifty thousand as a single person from the gains. Above and beyond that, you're going to pay capital gains, long-term capital gains rates for taxes. So that wraps up my ones that most commonly are asked um, on how that income is taxed or the gains are taxed. Yeah, a lot of people have questions on content of the show, or if you want to reach out to Marie or anybody, call the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Here's the number, 262-522-4040. 40. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground, but after the break, instead of the sexy segment, you are doing something for the next generation. Yeah, so family wealth transfers undermined by secrecy. So it ties oh. in next generation and the current generation. Secrecy. <laughs> yeah. I like it already. All right, Marie McFarland, again, March is Women's History Month. We started out with um, information from Forbes. Marie had a lot of good stats and information uh, regarding that. And uh, kudos for you. Right? Because you are a CFP. You've been doing this how many years, Marie? So, I think nine years now. Where'd you go to college? I went to Oshkosh. You did? Yeah. That's where I went. Somebody else. I don't feel so bad now. Everybody makes fun of me. I know. You went to UW Zero. That's what I was going to say. UW Zero. UW Ashtray. Oh, I've never heard that. Uh There's nothing there but cigarettes and railroad tracks. Oh, Oh, come on. I've never heard that one. I have. Oh, I've heard it all. It's uplifting. Yeah. I went there much earlier than you did, but 85 through 89. Okay. Uh, You're much younger than I am. 2005, 2009. Did you like it? I did. did I I. really did. I had a great experience. I was in, for those of you that know about it, kind of famous halls at North and South Scott. Oh. Ten stories, the tallest dorms on campus. Oh, I can't remember my first one, but Fletcher was my second one. Oh, sure. Everybody wanted to be in Fletcher. Fletcher, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, UW Oshkosh, I I loved it. I actually had a great experience there. Well, that's awesome, Marie. And uh, now you've been at the Kowal Investment Group for how many years? Four years. For four years. You've been on this show a lot. You are part of the Monday through Friday market updates. That's twice a day during the Mark Belling Show from the Kowal Investment Group. We'll be right back with Marie McFarland. I'm Paul Cronforce, both UW Zero graduates. <laughs> and this is WISN. Welcome back on WISN's Retirement Clinic. All right, no sexy segment. Marie McFarland is host of the show today, and it is Women's History Month. 
uh, a big emphasis on that at the beginning of the show. Switching gears, talking about the next generation, Marie. Yes. So I wanted to talk about the next generation and um, kind of both generations, truly, about family wealth transfers. So there have been situations um, with clients that I would say it just this article just felt like, okay, we need to share this because this is happening. Um, so it's an article um, on FA Magazine, Family Wealth Transfers Undermined by Secrecy, and it's written by Jennifer Reed. And the first line is, with about $70 trillion in wealth transfers expected over the next 22 years. That's a substantial amount of wealth. In our country. Yes. $70 trillion. Will move hands from one generation to the next. Yeah. And so speaking to the next gen is really understanding what does that look like for you and possibly. So I work with lots of clients, kids, and most likely their assets aren't going to be in the 750000 range yet. Um, however... Maybe they're expecting to inherit something in the future and really understanding what that planning looks like and getting ready for it today is going to be so advantageous for them later. So in a state plan, we talk about trust. We've had that topic on the show over the years yes. and getting everybody on board, communicate to everybody so they know and understand. That's the power though, communication. Yeah, so not just is, whispering. Or, yes. I assume I'm getting mom and dad's money, right? Communication. I don't think you should ever assume you're going to get inherited Agreed. money. I would assume, or I would agree with the same thing. You should never assume. Never assume because life happens. If, and especially as retirees get older and health issues pop up, a health issue a health situation could devastate a financial could plan. Bankrupt quickly. a family Very in quickly. a heartbeat. Hospice mm -hmm. care, long term care. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So oh. we should never assume we're getting anything, but it does give good reason on why we should be having the conversations with the family. Um, it's again more stats, but while the majority of asset holders, seventy nine percent, plan to share their wishes and intentions with their family before dying, only forty six percent of people actually do. So that's a problem because. There are differences, and I will give you an example. Um, what if the um, dad and mom decide, okay, well, my son's going to get 50000 but my daughter's going to get 100000 because the daughter has six kids, and they want to help pay for college for the kids, but the son doesn't have kids. And if they don't share that with the family beforehand, it could cause great conflict, right? I, I, it's almost assuredly will cause conflict. Yes. And at least a conversation that could be awkward. Yes. And disrupt a family. I mean, mm -hmm. families lose touch with each other yeah. for these reasons. So Absolutely. not keeping a secret is really important. We help our clients have these conversations. Um, they're not easy, uh, but it's a conversation of how do I want to, if I want to, leave money behind for my heirs, and what does that look like? It might not be equal. It might be not equal, but it's going to be fair in your eyes for X reasons that need mm -hmm. to be shared. Um, the other thing is really understanding what the transfer looks like from a tax situation. So the next gen does need to be prepared for the SECURE Act where now you have IRAs, 401ks being inherited and they have to be liquidated within a 10 year period, most likely during your peak earning years, which changes your tax situation. 
yes, it's a great gift to have money coming in, but it's another thing to pay out that tax bill (laughs) that you weren't ready to write that check for $40,000 or $50,000 to the IRS. And so, again, keeping it not a secret is important because you can set plans in place that will achieve tax efficiency, that'll achieve less disruption amongst the family when you're not here. Maria, it could be a house, too, that they inherit, and then they got to discuss who's going to get the house. Correct. I mean, all those assets, right? So if they have diamonds or jewelry, whatever the case might be, you have to have the conversations. So, So proper estate planning. Proper estate planning, but most importantly, not keeping your plan a secret with the next generation. Yeah, and Jeff has talked about this over the years, and he said sometimes that that awkward conversation, it's hard to start, but once you start it, at least... it's almost like a big load off your shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. Now we talked about it. Mom and dad have communicated to all the kids, and all the kids understand it. Yep. Done. That's mission accomplished. Yes, and have your have us be a part of that. We can be the sounding board for it. Um, so have us be a part of those conversations. What did you say? Outsource all of your stress and anxiety? Yes. <laughs> Let the Coal Investment Group handle the stress. Manage your stress. Yeah. And actually, it is good to have a third party involved in that conversation. It is. There yeah. might be an estate planning attorney present, right? Yes. Yep. If there's a trust, if there's a will, all that kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's really good stuff. And just planting a seed to consider before it's too late. Correct. Yep. Because we don't know when that expiration late. date is. We all know we're going... One thing's for sure, we're all going to die. Yes. We don't know when. Which I'm glad we don't know, right? I don't think I would want to know. <laughs> That'd be creepy. <laughs> it would be creepy. Oh. Whoa. Isn't there, there's that movie where it's in there. Uh, it's a sci-fi movie. Oh, but it's I haven't the, seen it's it. the days and hours on their wrists. Oh, no. And it's counting down. So they know. <laughs> but they can earn it back by doing things. It's oh, a creepy. That's you and I were talking about Netflix. Oh, we got a public service announcement. On Netflix, if you're a golf fan, now that spring is right around the corner. It's March, oh, right? My favorite show right now. What's it called? Swing time. Oh, Swing so time. Good. And it covers the PG or PGA tour, what they all do, but also the new live, live yeah. tour. And it's really check it out. Good. So good. You watch it and I watch it. Are you a golfer? I am, but I'm not good. <laughs> None of us are, Mary. That's true. If we would, we'd be on the live tour with all the pros. Most of us are weekend hackers. Yeah. It's supposed to be fun. That might be the goal I write down this year. Right. Get to the live tour. <laughs> oh, goodness. You and everybody else, because they're paying a lot they're of money. They're paying a lot of money. Oh, yes. it's a really good, uh, what's it called again? Swing Town. Swing Time. Swing Time. Yeah. Swing. Jeez, Paul. Swing Time. It's on Netflix. Really good stuff. We'll be right back with the Retirement Clinic. Marie McFarland, your host from the Kowal Investment Group. Final minute of the Retirement Clinic. We thank you for joining us. More importantly, we thank Marie McFarland, Certified Financial Planner with the Wall Investment Group. Good show today, Marie. Thank you. It was fun. So make sure if you have any questions um, and reach out to us. Our The best way to get a hold of us is either through the website, thecowallway.com, or give our office a call at 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. Locations. Now, you can still do the virtual meet, right? If yes, you want. we still do virtual meetings. Yep. And or, a lot of people opt for that because it's easy. Well, you don't have to get in the car and yes. drive through all the weather. Mm-hmm. Boy, if we had a mixed, right? Snow, rain. Oh, <laughs> Just fun. Everything Mother Nature can toss at us. Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, and the newest is in Heartland, thekowalway.com. Marie McFarland, have a great weekend. Thank you so you much. You too. Thanks, Paul. And we're back next week, every Saturday, 10 o'clock for the Retirement Clinic on News Talk 1130 WISN, Milwaukee.